Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to take your business or your life to the next level and become that confident leader. Today, I'm very excited to have as my guest, Erin Marcus. And let me tell you about Erin. She is the founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, an international company, company helping entrepreneurs and small business owners get the financial and emotional freedom they need to build a business and a life they're proud of. Having made the successful leap from corporate executive to entrepreneur, Erin uses that experience along with her MBA education and street smart upbringing to help clients reach heights they never dreamed possible. And they have fun doing it, which is so important. Erin <laughs> is also an international speaker and host of Ready Yet? Podcast. Today, my title or my theme is going to be a shortened version of something that she has out there. She'll talk about later. And it is year of failure in 2018 to multiple, yay, six figures. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Erin Marcus. Erin, so nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds so fancy when you read it yeah, all. Well, yeah, fun. you are fancy schmancy. flown <laughs> it. We always start out with the easy question. If you've watched my podcast, everybody knows what's coming, but where do you live? Oh, outside of Chicago. Chicago. I live in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago where the city becomes the forest. Oh, so I have been to Chicago several times. I even did some UPS management training there in one of their hub drivers um, or their driver yeah. training <laughs> facilities, which was... Um, not such a, a fancy schmancy place, but it was, uh, I was able to spend some time near that beautiful lake you have that yeah. looks like the ocean. <laughs> it is right. I didn't know. It was funny. I growing up, that's our lake. I grew up in Chicago. I live in the suburbs. Uh -huh. I grew up in Chicago. Um, hence the street smart upbringing, but, um, I didn't know that most people think lakes are something you could like kind of swim across or at least see the other side. Like my definition of a lake is Lake Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned later that that's not everybody's definition. No, no. And, and therefore those of us, like I'm Pittsburgh, I grew up in three rivers and our rivers you could swim across. <laughs> yes. But um, the cold that that lake creates makes winters very interesting. Windy yes. city. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. It's a little chilly here. Yes. 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 But beautiful in the summer. 
Oh, it's absolutely good. It's the, beautiful it, in the winter. It's just, can you handle yeah. it? Yeah, that's exactly right. The air show is pretty awesome too. But oh, the air show is magnificent. Mm -hmm. Always. So there's our promotion to go there's visit Chicago. Promotion. Yeah, that's right. Have some pizza. Tons of cool city. things here. Yes. Could not say enough good things. Yeah. So how did you go in less than two years from referring to yourself as the world's number one pinball and barely making $10,000 to making multiple six figures in your business and still having fun doing it? You know, a lot of people think, oh my gosh, you must've worked to the bone, didn't have a life and was miserable and frustrated. Talk to us. No, <laughs> frustrated. Yes, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but no. Um, and truthfully, during that time, I only worked four days a week because yeah. I volunteered on Friday to wildlife rescue. Oh, nice. So I was up to my ears in baby ducks and raccoon poop and things, gross, gross, mm -hmm. gross things. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I only worked for four days a week during that time. Most of the time, obviously not every single week, but it really was, and this is what derailed me, mm -hmm. was not realizing, you know, I had the big fancy corporate career, come out of corporate, and then my first step was a franchise. So I purchased a franchise, that's how I got myself out of corporate, and I made it to the top 10 out of 200 offices in about 18 months. Wow. And so that franchisor had me training new franchises and speaking at their events. And when the socioeconomic things were going on that made me realize that franchise wasn't where I wanted to continue, um, what was happening at that same time was me helping all my friends, helping all my network friends, helping <laughs> all my vendors grow their businesses. And I really kind of figured out, okay, that's where I wanted to live yeah. and play. But what I didn't expect was how much the mindset game was going to come into play. Mm. Because, you know, leaving corporate and having my franchise, that was certainly a leap. It was certainly a leap. But there was still a framework to what I was doing. There was still a product that was external of me, right? There was this tangible external is the word I keep coming up with product. We worked with families with aging parents. I mean, I had 15 people on that team. We had, it was a big business mm -hmm. and is, I called it a baby franchise because I really did have to help create how it all worked, wow. but there was still a framework. I wasn't the product. And once I really got out there as an entrepreneur, decided I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to step into my own thing, mm -hmm. truly my own thing, where I had to create every facet, not just of the business, but of the concept. Yeah. The world got too big. The world got too big, right? Like the bumpers are out of the gutters, the wheels are off the bus. <laughs> we're, we're becoming the number one pinball, which I use to express reaction mode. Yeah. Right. You're just bouncing from thing to mm. thing, to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing, hoping to score some points. You don't even know what it looks like without falling down the lingering hole 
beneath yeah. you. Because when you think about it, when you play pinball, the only plan that you can have is to not let the ball fall. Yeah. There's no like game plan beyond don't let the ball fall. Yeah. And, and constant so movement. <laughs> constant movement, constant slam, 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 slam. Yeah. You know, I'm not an export pinball player, but and that's how it feels, right? You're bouncing off things. Now, a very nice woman gave me a nice reframe to think about 2018 as Aaron's year of reflection. But I will tell you when you have a multiple six-figure corporate job and then you have a top 10 franchise out of 200 and then you make $11,000 in a year, it doesn't feel like reflection in the moment. Yeah. It feels yeah. like failure. Right. Right. And what it really did was I learned a whole lot of things that, I didn't want to do. I mm. learned a whole lot of things that didn't work. And simultaneously, I went deep on how I think. Yeah. I went deep because at no time, and you know, how did I get it to multiple six figures so fast? It's because at no time did I not think I could do what it was that my business does. Okay. I had a hundred percent confidence because I have all the experience and the education in what the business was trying to do for a living. Mm -hmm. I like, there was never been hesitation around that. I know I can get my clients results. I know what I know how to do. I've been doing it in corporate. I did it at the million dollar level. I can certainly do it at the thousand dollar level. So that was never an issue, but I just didn't understand enough about being in charge of my thought and my business model instead of reacting to it. I, we're good Midwesterners here. We just work harder, yeah. right? Like, so there was a lot of mess in my head in the way yeah. mm -hmm. that resulted in a lot of scrambly behavior, mm. right? That wasn't really guiding me towards mm. what I want. And now the thing that sounds cool when you say it, but is truly a problem is I have a massive amount of bandwidth for handling chaos. I have a massive amount of bandwidth for handling information and for doing a lot of things. But it sounds cool, but it's not the way you should do things. Right, right. And so that year of failure was all about getting bumpers back in my gutters. Yeah. And I use that analogy a lot um getting real clear on what it was that I wanted to do for people and getting crazy crazy clear on how I was going to have to show up and how I was going to have to think about it right I, I talk a lot about the fact that I work at the intersection where what you need to do meets who you need to be to do it mm-hmm and that year I had to learn who I needed to be to do it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I hope people are taking notes. She's like giving you dropping gems constant here. So speaking of those gems, what are two tips you would share that helps keep you stay motivated and focused? Because as you said, you know, you're, you're being that pinball, you're going around and around people around you will be telling you things that are going to take you off focus besides the person that's between your two ears that's telling you right. those things. So talk to us about just two things that could help the audience 
when they feel like, oh my gosh, you know, we talked to, about today's Friday the 13th, you know, the people let something just like that throw them off course. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so my one tip is that everything has to be reverse engineered. Oh, very This good. is the biggest mistake I watch entrepreneurs make over small business owners. They start from square one and you can't because you don't know what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like I always, um, in my MBA, and it's a case study, a lot of people read the book, Good to Great, and the story about getting the right people on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got to know where the bus is going. Yeah, You got to know what you're trying to do. Because if you, and by the way, money is not the answer to what do you want? Because if you told me, oh, I want to make a million dollars, that's great. But I can give you a million different ways to make a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. So the dollar amount is the where you start, not where you stop. That, that like is... Mm-hmm the bottom basics mm-hmm. of creating your reverse engineer. Right. So you have to figure out what it is that you want. Do you want a, just as a quick example, do you want a luxury level business that only works with four clients that pay you 250 K each for your million dollar business? Or do you want a low cost leader model and build a community at $47 a month? Also a wonderful business model. Like there's no wrong answer, mm-hmm. but what you are going, if you want to know how to not get off your path, you have to know the answer to that. Right. Because those are two extremely different things. Yeah. They, they get built differently. So the number one thing is knowing reverse engineering from what it is that you want, getting massively clear about it. And the second is the litmus test. Everything you do, get real black and white about it. Is what I'm doing today, is what I'm doing right now, is what is on my calendar, is what is in my checkbook, is what I'm, the decisions that I'm making. It is either moving you closer to your goal or further away from it, period. Mm -hmm. Is what I'm doing moving me closer to the thing that, and this is why they go together. If you can't answer that, then it's not going to work. And that's why I didn't make any money. And that's why I was a pinball is I didn't have the clarity Mm -hmm. around what I was building. Yeah. And, and what you said is really important whenever people say they're stuck and they get struggle because so many shiny objects, so many things come in their way. And how do I make the decision of when to say no, when to say yes. And so, and a lot of times they either say no all the time or they say yes all the time. And so having it tied to that outcome that you're, you know, you're, core values, your vision is an easier way to be able to say, no, that doesn't align. Or right. yes, and, it does. and is it going to move me towards it? Not just the alignment of it. Cause you can have 17 different things that'll move me uh, that are in alignment, mm-hmm. but does it move you forward? Mm-hmm. And if you're already tapped out, then adding another busy, busy thing is not going to move you forward. Right. right. It's actually going to move mm-hmm. you away. Mm-hmm. So what, um, and I, I know that you're very positive, you're a very go-getter kind of person, but as you add new endeavors, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, I would have to think that the imposter sim- syndrome does sneak in. And how do you deal with that? It's for me, it's not as much imposter syndrome as 
may, I mean, I guess maybe you can call it that it's learning. Like one of the things that stifles people's progress is who you surround yourself with. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And how do you walk into the bigger, better room knowing you belong there? So I guess that is a version of imposter syndrome. So one of the things that I've done to help me get through all that as I was moving through all that is I walk into every situation knowing two things. There's two things. Number one, I'm open to anything happening. I'm open to anything happening. So if I go into a networking event that is a fancier version of a group of people at a higher level than I've been before, I'm open to anything happening. I'm not looking for a sale. I'm not looking for a referral partner. I'm not looking for a speaking gig. I'm looking for all of it, any of it. Whatever comes. Whatever (laughs) comes. I know something will happen. I'm open to it being whatever it is. And the other thing I know is I can help in some way. You don't have to be the expert. And this is where we mess ourselves up. Humans are very all or nothing. We think we're either the absolute expert or we suck. That's not really how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the quotes I've heard so many times is to to a fourth grader, a fifth grader is really cool. Like, don't try to be the smartest person in the room. Don't pretend that you have to be, right? You don't need all that. Yeah. To know that you can help in some way. So when I walk in knowing that I can help in some way, that might be because you're my ideal client and I can solve your problems and that's fantastic. But it also might be because I know the person you need to meet. Yeah. And it also might be that I just can be the person to put a smile on your face that day. Yeah. But whenever I started all this, it really was because so many people helped me along the way. And I wanted to be not so much the influencer, um, which, you know, is kind of a buzzword now, now which, which be, now means liar, right? Yeah. but, but really I want to just be the connector. I want to be able yeah. to connect you with somebody that I know, like, and trust mm-hmm. that I think might be a good connection for you. 100%. And, and that's, you know, that's what makes me feel successful is when I can do that. And it really is approaching by being of service. You know, people always in sales, we teach, don't be attached to the outcome. Well, that's great to say and harder to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. You need the money. It's hard to not be attached to the outcome. But the more you can approach everything, sales conversations, networking opportunities, the whole, all of it, Mm -hmm. knowing that you can help with some way being of service yeah. while being open to everything that can happen, then the sales that are supposed to happen will happen. And you will create raving, raving fans out of the people you help, yeah. but don't sell to. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So another question is, what do you really wish you would have known when you were well? 20 years old <laughs> and, and you wouldn't have accepted it. You, 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 you well, I, yeah. <laughs> God, I mean, you got to remember my, I don't have 20. I was, let's see, a tw- if we're going to pick 20, I was still in college and still a city kid now yeah. surrounded by all these country people in at Illinois state and central Illinois thinking that that was like, where'd all my ethnicity go? Where's all the food? Where's all the food I grew up with? where's all all the color where are Mm -hmm. the other languages no um 
it's hard because I don't really, I don't regret my life. Yeah. So it's not a matter of, but if you really wanted to go to what did childhood Aaron want to be? I, if I would have known that a better schooling situation would have given me the path to becoming a large animal vet. Oh, wow. Then that would have been the path that I had taken. But I don't know that I would, you know, at 20, I was still in the rebellious teenage phase. Mm-hmm. But I was also, you know, and at the same time, if you don't dislike who you are, you can't regret where you're come from. That's exactly right. Because I couldn't do a tenth of what I do for anyone else or for myself had I not mm-hmm. had the amazing variety of experiences like I'll give you an example I went to I went to uh, grammar school and high school in the 70s and 80s in Chicago with people from 22 different countries yeah nobody spoke English we did not have Google Translate we did not have a lot we had some good teachers but my algebra teacher my algebra class in freshman year of high school was being taught by a geography substitute teacher. And so I was sitting in the back with Assad, who was from Syria, who didn't speak English, but could draw very well. And he would draw pictures of things and I would tell him how to say those in English. So I learned how to communicate. I learned a work Mm -hmm. ethic because at that age, I, my senior year of high school, I was working 60 hours a week. Wow. Right. So I learned, um, I learned people are just people. Yeah. I learned to embrace and have zero fears around the fact that we're all different instead of all these people who grew up in such a homogeneous situation. Yeah. That they're truly scared of anything that's not like them because they've never experienced it before. Yeah. Like I've got all these amazing, amazing things from that time of my life that serve me so well now. Yeah. But, um, education wasn't something that I really learned how to formal education was not something I learned how to embrace until much later. Mm-hmm. So understanding how that might've played a different role in my life. Had I embraced that, I had other mm-hmm. things to do during high school years and even in the mm-hmm. beginning of college. <laughs> Just leave it. That's that. another podcast. <laughs> different, that's a different show. I know. Well, you know, I'm, I am going to start next year, a second podcast and it's, it's going to just be, it's just a conversation with Vicki and I'm just going to have people that I think are Random, cool right? that have awesome stories that need to be told. And I, I, was, be yeah. the one. I was on a podcast, my friend Mel and her podcast is more than just, and I didn't eat. She's like, come do the thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do the thing. Cause I'm always up to do the thing. And I didn't understand where she was going with this. And then what she starts out with, what are you more than just? And the thing that came out of my mouth without me thinking about it was I'm more than just a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> like, oh, isn't that interesting? There's a Freudian thing happening <laughs> yes, right there. That's what came out of my mouth. That's in- isn't that and, interesting? Oh, wow. That, I'll have to look up that podcast because that's got to be a good one. <laughs> All right. So we are, at the time, we're going to just do maybe one or two um, rapid fires. And yes. So these are questions that probably would warrant a longer answer, but I'm going to put you on the spot, try to keep it short, All right. and we can always have another chat together. So what is the one activity or exercise that has helped you grow 
on this journey of life to get you where you are today? Immersed in nature. My activities are immersed in nature. My, my, I feel my cop, my version of religion, my version of spirituality, my, the way that I calm my crazy monkey brain is all immersed in nature. So I see behind you elephants. Are those sort of some of the large animals that you really wish you could have my so um my foundation is legal our launch party will hopefully be in 2024 my bigger why is i knew i always wanted to give a million dollars to wildlife rescue but i never knew what that looked like it's not completely altruistic i know if i show up with a check they'll let me play with the baby elephants um so it's just a reminder right it's a reminder to me got it you know the instead of time to make the donuts my little mantra when i don't feel like doing something is oh got to save the baby elephants so that's oh, just my little so, so visual good. reminder because I'm always on Zoom now. So I see it as much as you see it. Uh, so we um, we should just do a retreat uh, on an African safari. <laughs> I have a friend doing it. Yes, yes. On the list. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So one piece of advice you think that before this podcast ends, your listeners have to remember, and you could have already stated it, but it's worth restating. Well, and I'll put it to you this way. Everything you decide to do, go through everything you've planned and ask yourself, how can I be a little bit more brave? And then go do that. Yeah. Courage is tied to confidence. People just got to get, just get over it and understand that. Fortune favors the bold. Yeah. So very true. All right, it's time now for those that are just listening. If you did not grab that paper and pencil, as I asked you in the very beginning, you better do so now because I'm going to share my screen for those that are watching can get a screenshot. If you're just listening, though, uh, you will be able to get this information on my website, thefindyourleadershipconfidence.com or on my YouTube channel, Vicki Nethling. I will read it to you if you have that paper and pencil so you can rush to this website and that is https colon forward slash forward slash always conquer your business.com so easy to remember conquer your business.com on facebook it is aaron marcus conquer your business and linkedin is aaron marcus conquer your business don't we love aaron and instagram is Aaron Marcus, you got it. Conquer your business. So Aaron Marcus, conquer your business on YouTube. Just search for Aaron Marcus or conquer your business. You will find her. I'm going to turn it over to you, Aaron, to talk to them about what your call to action is. What should they look for on your website? So if you can get everything you need as far as my podcast, getting a hold of me, hooking to the socials, all of the things, but there is a download on the website that I love that I've put together. It's called the business growth profiler. I love personality profiles. I think one, they're just fun, excuse me. And it's good information to have to, to yeah. know where you're starting so that you can start that plan of where you're going. And the business growth profiler is something I put together where you can mark your own business in a series of categories. Are you in the launching phase, the leveraging phase, or the leading phase in several different categories? And then it tells you what to do to move your business forward okay. in each of those categories under these different measure measurements. All available. Fantastic. 
All right. So you're going to go to conqueryourbusiness.com and you're going to grab the free business growth profiler right now so that you can see where you are and see more importantly, what steps you have to take to get to the next level. As always, such a pleasure to chat with you. I could do this every week. So much fun, so many good insights. And um, thank you so much for being such an awesome guest. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. And as always, I remind everyone, life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.